to the ether today is saturday march 5th 2022 this episode of the ether is brought to you by we fund we fund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on terra and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors all money raised for projects is deposited in anchor protocol and it's refundable and all decisions are based on community voting power WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at WeFund.app. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Follow Orbital Command on Twitter using the link in the show notes to receive regular threads on Terra protocols and yield strategies, news, resources, and Twitter space discussions. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we got a two-parter, the Luna Lounge, with CFI, IBC Gang, talking about Luna. This is part one of two. Let's take a listen. What's going on, everybody? What up, Clay? How you doing? Pretty good. I just heard that this Hope uh, coin is like shooting up in value. Did you hear that? Dude, yeah. I've seen some crazy stuff about that. What's up? It's like $62 right now or something. It like passed Juno like instantly and all of a sudden it's just zooming. What? Um, Which one? That Hope, Hope token. Hope NFT. Hope NFT. All right, Sefi's in the house. Welcome, welcome. Good evening, gang. What's up, Sefi? How you doing? Good, good. I guess we can wait for some folks to crawl yeah. in here. Yeah, we're going to share the room here real quick. Uh, Sefi, I saw earlier today you guys were doing a space. It's like over 200 people. You guys are just nailing it, like in the middle of the day on the weekdays. Well, we've been trying. <laughs> Man. Some of it's just hopping on a different people's stuff so that, like, uh, you want to kind of decentralize the influence a little bit too, in the sense that like, you know, like being here with you guys or being on, uh, you know, programs with different people yeah, helps uh, everyone grow a little bit, you know, cause not everyone can like be on at all hours, but imagine it's like cosmos radio 24 seven at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, I've, I've enjoyed some of those talks. I try to pop in a little bit, um, in the middle of the week. Sometimes I'm busy, but, um, it's really been, it's really been interesting. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, just give it a couple more minutes here. Um, kind of curious, uh, we were just going to chat a little bit here and then we'll, we'll get things rolling. Um, but this is a, it's been a good week. It's been a really good week for Luna. And, uh, it's uh it's been interesting 
really looking forward to this. Yeah, plenty of plenty of news to uh, ultimately affect the cosmos for sure. Yeah, Sefi, I must say I I always had heard about you, and I've never been in one of your spaces until that uh, the other day. It was like my first time, or like last week or a week or two. And then since then, I've just been trying to tune into all yours. And man, every time I listen to you, it's like I don't have enough Luna, and more and more. <laughs> it's a bit random though. Like sometimes during the week, it's like I try to work it around whenever I have a few moments uh, or a few hours like after work or between work and things like that. It's some of the other ways to do this kind of thing. Like, I don't know, YouTube or, um, uh, or like, uh, more scheduled things like discord and whatnot. It's just too hard to keep up with all that shit. Whereas Terra space is kind of fun. Cause you can, uh, hop on anytime you want. Right. So actually it's funny. It's, I just call them Terra spaces now. <laughs> Uh, terraspaces.org is actually here too, recording, which is great and has been recording a lot of things related to Terra and Cosmos. So be sure to follow them. If you guys miss something, um, then you can oftentimes find things recorded with their site, terraspaces.org. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, real quick, everyone joining the room, please try to share this real quick so we can get some more people in and just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, this is all going to be conversation and fun, and none of it is financial advice. Uh, we're just talking different theories and different ways to um, earn passive income. And uh, yeah, Although I will disclose I have uh, Luna and Adam, so there you go. <laughs> yes, I I hold um, Adam also in my portfolio and a lot of other. Uh, in the ecos, a lot of other coins within the ecosystem. And yeah, real quick, Sefi, I just want to let you know, like my, 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 um, start with Luna, like, uh, last year, you know, I was mainly, um, just messing around on Coinbase. And I remember in the fall, there was a lot of talk about Luna and I, I remember looking at it and I think it was like in October, it was, it was bumping around thirties and forties. And that's when like all the FUD came out about Tether. And I just remember thinking, eh, I don't know about this. And uh, I looked away and, and I wish I hadn't now because then uh, Luna went on its run to like 99 by December. So um, that's kind of some of the stuff I want to talk about. But, you know, I also want to just talk about like, we are living in some different times. Like we are kind of living in this everything bubble of inflation. You know, in the last 10 years, the, the Fed balance sheet has just exploded, you know, and I think everyone's just hungry for yield. Like people are looking for a place to park their capital. And I think that's what's attracted a lot of people to crypto. I, I know that's kind of what got me interested into it in the beginning. It's just like, you know, for for decades and decades and decades, you know, we used to be able to park our, our money in a savings account and the bank would give you, you know, seven, eight, nine percent interest and the bank would turn around and loan, loan that money out, you know, and that's traditionally how it's been. But, you know, ever since, you know, the, the, the money printers have gone on full, full press, everything's got flipped around and upside down and we're in this, you know, 10, 15 percent inflation cycle we got going on right now. So. You know, I think that's just the backdrop of like what we're living in right now. And it, it's really been going on for like, you know, 30, 40 years, you know? Yeah, it's certainly coming to a head. So we'll have to see how that plays out in the 
crypto space, you know, the, the typical narrative is that, uh, you know, around the, you know, crypto Twitter or whatever is that, uh, you know, these are risk on assets and therefore will suffer more during uh, potential uh, economic downturns. And there may be some truth to that. But at the same time, I think the opposite may be true, whereas people will be seeking yield and more uh, fixed supply or deflationary assets, store value strategies um, that you can uh, strategically uh, acquire and, you know, potentially help uh, your personal portfolio in ways that uh, are different exposure to everything else in the in the world. It's a wild world. So then I guess that's maybe the perfect time to maybe get started with this. And uh, so that everybody in here knows that, so that we're on the same page and knows what we're talking about. Maybe just kind of go into like, what is Luna? And like, what is UST? And why, why are they so special? Like, what makes it something that is just like, makes you so bullish? Well, for starters, since we're... Uh, the IBC gang here, and we're basically uh, sort of coming from the cosmos. Uh, Terra is a, a cosmos chain, of course. Uh, part of the uh, it, it utilizes Tenderman SDK, SDK, or at least a var- variant of it, in a sense. Um, it is IBC compatible with, of course, uh, all of the other things on Cosmos at this point, and uh, you can access. Um, uh, UST and, and Luna, uh, of course, on osmosis, but also just on uh, the Terra blockchain itself. Uh, and typically, if you're getting into uh, Terra from Cosmos, uh, you can now send uh, uh, UST uh, via the Kepler wallet from osmosis now. So just in case people didn't notice that. Um, so you can make yourself a, a Terra Station wallet that's both compatible with Kepler and with uh, uh, with Terra as well. So there are ways to do that. Lucky uh, is down below in the audience. Uh, I think he's done a video on it. Uh, so maybe uh, bookmark. I'm here, Steffi. Oh, you're right there. Yeah. So maybe uh, uh, you can ch- check out his video on YouTube on how to go back and forth. But uh, in either case, um, so what does UST uh, bring to the cosmos? Well, it brings ultimately the ability to uh, bring, you know, infinite infinite amounts of liquidity into the cosmos from outside without having to interface with lots and lots of different coins. So one of the coolest things right now, I think, for Cosmos is that, like, you don't, you could go and buy Adam, for example, on Coinbase or whatever, um, you you could make it there that way, but ultimately UST sort of becomes a de facto uh, transactional standard where you can get UST soon almost anywhere, and um, uh, you know without having to have all sorts of weird like taxable events and whatnot in between all these different transfers, uh, and you know it becomes a lot harder to keep up with it. You can get to Cosmos. Uh, via UST, which is going to be really cool, but it's going to allow a lot, a lot of other chains to make it to Cosmos much quicker, um, you know, w- way less frictionless without necessarily having price exposure to coins that maybe someone doesn't want, right? So there's a lot of uh, sort of exciting developments there for Cosmos as far as what UST brings to the table. Um, we don't really need any other stable coins in the Cosmos once we have UST. 
Um, it's essentially a native IBC compatible coin uh, that can go to, say, for example, Juno. It can go to, um, you know, play on liquidity pools and osmosis or, you know, any other coins that might emerge in the future. So, for example, if Visa or MasterCard were to build a Cosmos-based chain, they can easily um, on-ramp and off-ramp uh, liquidity uh, pretty much frictionlessly um, in that context. So a lot of, lot of neat things, uh, super bullish for the Cosmos in general to have UST just happen to be um, on, on Cosmos. Uh, unlike uh, stablecoin systems or algorithmic stablecoin systems that are on other chains, like for example, there's some on Cardano, there's, some, there's one on, there, there's reserve rights and some other ones that are like competitor uh, stablecoin uh, systems that are algorithmically uh, connected. Uh, or algorithmically controlled, the, the problem with those is they don't have the Cosmos. They're not IBC compatible, and therefore their total network effect is going to ultimately be smaller. So the fact that UST and Luna happen to be on Cosmos and didn't emerge somewhere else really, really is, is helpful for really anything Cosmos-related, I would say. Um, UST ultimately uh, is a native uh, coin it is not a token and therefore is like uh, readily transferable via ibc um it, pretty much any decks uh that you can think of on any major chain uh would be remiss not to essentially have a ust um uh like ported over uh, or or bridged to their chain because everyone's gonna to wanna to have access to that liquidity. It doesn't really matter which other layer ones uh, you are, whether it's Avalanche, whether it's uh, Solana, et cetera, all of which, by the way, now have UST. Um, these are all uh, bringing value basically to not only Luna, but to Cosmos uh, at large. Because really, remember, every time Luna goes up in value, um, it raises the value of essentially all of the pools on the cosmos connected to Luna and then connected to each other, right? So it's an interesting phenomenon with the way AMMs work and how osmosis works that pretty much every single time some new person uses UST and Luna's value eventually goes up, it basically makes everything goes up. It pretty much is like a uh, like rising tide raises all ships type of situation. It's very it's a very strange like process, but there is a reason why, um, like lately, uh, you know, Atom has been holding its value. Uh, Osmo has been holding its value. Um, uh, you know, you know, pretty much you're seeing across the board, like a steady rise in the valuation of the Cosmos based coins. Like Thorchain is going to be adding uh, Luna UST this coming week or two, I think. Uh, which will allow all sorts of neat uh, capabilities for like Bitcoin to enter the cosmos, for example, pretty easily. A um, lot of cool stuff happening. Um, the the I, I don't know how basic you guys want to get into like the UST Luna uh, sort of algorithmic stabilization mechanism or maybe go into other subjects, but you, you guys tell me. <laughs> which way do you want to go with this? Yeah, we can chat about that a little bit later, you know. Um, Definitely, it's it's good um, just to understand the background um, of how the burn process is and and the, and the algorithm. But first of all, I also want to just talk about um, another question: Is um, I, I think 
for me, and I know a lot of people, I don't think they truly understand like the, the stable coin battle and like kind of what's going on um, behind the scenes right now. So um, I just want to share a little bit about um, just like the three or four big heavy hitters in, in the stable coin arena. Um, the first one was Tether in 2015 uh, came out and they're kind of backed by Bitfinex. And um, I, there was a lot of FUD out about Tether um, last year. And, and, and a lot of people, a lot of hardcore crypto people say, yeah, Tether's, you got to be very careful. Uh, they well, had a... Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, like, I wouldn't get too worried about Tether FUD. You know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's always been this worry that, you know, like if something happens to Tether, that, you know, mm-hmm. crypto is going to crash and this and that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry that much about that. The number of times that Tether, uh, like, is going back to Bitfinex to be exchanged back to dollars has been relatively minimal, right? Mm-hmm. So the reality is, is that the stablecoin adoption has far exceeded um, the need to sort of bank run the Tether Corporation or whatever you want to call it, Bitfinex. So yeah. realistically, I, I just don't see that as a immediate concern. Right. Now, granted, you know, like Tether may have a substantial portion of its balance sheet as commercial paper and sort of making money by mm-hmm. essentially lending you uh, uh um, sort of like they're taking real cash and lending you like fake cash tokens, right? That's right. what's happening here. <laughs> so they're giving you poker chips while the casino is like investing in other things in the background. So that's always a, a bit of a danger, especially if you have a massive uh, change in the market and something happens to the, the Tether company in theory. But at, at the end of the day, I think at this point, as far as everyone here is concerned, USDC and Tether will probably be around, but um, their growth is going to be curtailed somewhat by um, things like UST, which are essentially direct competitors to that. Um, And then, you know, from the perspective of uh, any major holder of USDT or USDC, the biggest concern becomes, well, if I have a chunk of my assets there, can those be frozen in some way because it was tied to some like crime or some issue that happened somewhere in the background. And now I have them like stuck with like, you know, a wallet that's frozen or something. It, it, so the concern really for decentralized finance is that um, you can't run algorithmic financial systems that are sort of autonomous while you can then censor the money and just make it like not exist, you know, <laughs> just randomly. Right. So that's, right. that's the problem with those two, I think more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah, just so to give people a little bit more background, uh, USDT Tether is kind of the really the big player. They're at $79 billion market cap. And then you have USDC, which is another stable coin, kind of predominantly North America. They're backed by, they are sponsored by a company called Circle, which has very strong connections with Coinbase. And those are called collateralized stable coins. So those are stable coins that are backed by collateral. You know, they're they're putting, uh, you know, when you give USDC, you know, your US dollars, they're going to collateralize that into bonds and, you know, commercial paper, like like uh, Seppi said. And then you have the al- algorithmic stable coins, which is um, UST, which is, it's not a collateralized stable coin. It is a stable coin that is, 
based on algorithms and the that that is the uniqueness with Terra Luna and UST and the the how the burn mechanism and all that works and we can get into that a little bit later but I just want to um just want to comment uh, maybe on that. To, to clarify briefly uh so as far as Tether and uh USDC are concerned they are by definition uh they're by definition securities too. So as far as like regulatory agencies, probably anywhere in the world, in theory, it could be def- they could be defined as securities. They're not commodities like Bitcoin. Uh, a, an algorithmic stablecoin that does not uh, imply um, a definitive one-to-one relationship, in other words, it's not backed also with say dollars, cannot be construed as a security because there is no dollar secu- you know that you're securitizing. So this is where problems can come in um, for those companies. I don't think it's going to mean that like if the SEC goes after Tether or Circle, I don't think it means they're going to like shut them down. They're going to find them a bunch and then they have to like redefine uh, you know what they have on their balance sheet and actually register them as securities at least for the United States. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to end lead to their demise or something like that. Yeah, and I, it's just, I think it's just good for people getting into the space just to have a little bit of a background and understanding. That's that's kind of why I wanted to go into it because it really confused me for for a long time. I'm like, okay, so so USD Tether can just print as many tethers as they want. It's like it's they're kind of like the central being a central bank, you know. And but I do understand that you know they they went. I think it was. Uh, they had a, a case in New York, New York State, tried to sue them, sue them, and they settled for like $18 million. That was last year. You know, that was some of all that FUD going around with Tether. But it really just seems like to me that USDC and Coinbase, I think they're trying to cozy up to, you know, a lot of the regulators. I think they they want to be the the dominant player in, in America and North America. But it, it seems to me like um, I... I I, I've heard you talk about that, um, that UST is not the same because it's an algorithmic stablecoin. And I think that's, that's a very big key that helps a lot of people. It, it helped me understand it's like, okay, that might help them not be able to come under fire from the SEC and stuff like that. I think you've talked on that in several of your talks before. Yeah, the simple, simple way to think of this is like, you know, when people say, hey, Bitcoin is not backed by anything. That's perfect. You don't want it to be backed by anything. You want it to be backed by nothing except for the traded value of Bitcoin. Uh, similarly, with UST, um, if you know the price of UST is depegged from the dollar, like for example, right now it's a dollar one, then um, people can decide to uh, burn Luna uh, into UST and dilute that and then sell that UST for that 1% arbitrage. Uh, so arbitragers can voluntarily peg um, the, the UST, but it, it, that, that peg is derived by people trading it to push it towards a dollar because people believe it's worth a dollar outside of any algorithmic stabilization that happens on chain. So that's why it wouldn't be construed as a security um, because it doesn't actually imply a real dollar value. And, and in other words, there's no central authority, like, for example, Terraform Labs, that's advertising that this must stay at exactly a dollar. 
the best way to describe it is uh, UST is stabilized by Luna, but it's not backed by Luna in any of like official. Right, sector. right. Because it during times of like when mark when the market is very high volume, you know, I mean, I think they call it like stress tests. Like it, it will depeg to ninety nine cents or ninety eight cents. Like it, it happens. Yep, that's correct. And and right now there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on. It's in such high demand that it's been running like a dollar one pretty constantly. So it's been hard right. to acquire without uh, like paying more for it, oddly enough, than what a dollar is actually worth. <laughs> because yeah. uh, so it's super high demand. And I don't know if that has something to do with like just the the big anchor anchor protocol reserve where people want to you know earn mm -hmm. yield on their UST. Or maybe it has to do with all the world chaos and maybe they're mm -hmm. all over the world sort of using it as a, um, you know, as a stable coins, you know, store of value in a sense. Yeah, I think it's that. And I think it's it's been having a good run. It seems like a lot of the YouTube influencers have, have been uh, mentioning it a lot, too. So it's just got seems like it's on a good run right now. Tricky, what do you, you got another question? Tricky. Yeah, I think maybe before I go to the next question, though, like. I know you say you're just a dude, Seffi, but it's obvious that to everybody when they hear you talk that you're super knowledgeable. You, you know what you're talking about and you get people kind of excited and believing in this. So kind of as like what, as what Mayor Ed would say, like, what's your story? Like, you know, how did you get into crypto and like Luna and like, you know, how are you so smart and, and educated on all this stuff? Well, I mean, like I've, I've been in science and tech related stuff since I was a kid, pretty much, um, you know, like kind of my actual field is in medical actually so I'm, I'm a pulmonary critical care physician by trade and, and and a lot of what we do in that field actually is sort of like min max uh game theory to some extent or the other when it comes to like making decisions so from a mindset the, that field kind of fits me well but it, but i've been involved with various elements of tech you know you know coding some when i was a kid things like that to get some fundamental understanding of like um what is good technology, what isn't, uh, and, and, you know, developing a reasonable set of intuitions about like what people need and what they don't need from a tech perspective. Um, so I, I've been, uh, essentially, uh, be, and that like kind of graduated sort of several years ahead of, um, most people that go into medicine. So I, I was actually sort of on the job, so to speak, and also, had a reasonable income at a very early age to sort of do stuff with that money and you know in terms of trading and and being involved in tech and things like that so as an i've been an investor for sort of like many years as early as the 90s uh and uh so just been around the growth of tech and the the explosion of it uh from the perspective of everything from like computing to smartphones to you know you know, everything that happened really since the 80s, uh, been involved in. Um, my, uh, like dad was early on in, in fields that required pretty substantial computing power as well. So like I had some fairly expensive computing hardware sitting in my house when I was growing up, which was, which was nice, uh, to be able to use a lot of, uh, tech really early. Um, so yeah, it, it's sort of like, uh, if you spend a huge amount of time you know, in tech, you sort of figure things out. <laughs> but uh, I also learned quite a lot from just, you know, video game theory as well. Um, you know, a lot of early 
experience uh, with like the dawn of like role playing games and computing, uh, and like what the kinds of things you learn from that, especially when early uh, multiplayer online games emerged, uh, things like uh, uh, Ultima Online and EverQuest and things of that nature. Like this is really basically late '90s when you know most people could eventually get broadband, you know, fairly readily at that point, um, and you can actually play these things. Um, a lot happened during that time as far as uh, token economics, in a sense, for like valuing things like you know, in-game video game gold um, and uh, the valuation of in-game assets where video games suffered from a lot of inflation when it came to like, um, you know, like video game assets like swords and shields and things like that that you think of in games. Um, how to make them valuable? Um, how how can you keep their keep them valuable? Like how do you get a store value function for the like the core uh, coin of those games? So a lot of these kind of interesting um, game theory concepts that uh, people learn from early uh, video gaming actually translated into what today is cryptocurrency into things like. NFTs and all of that. So there's nothing really new going on in the sense that we did all that shit in the late 90s, guys. <laughs> like, this is not really. Uh, so a lot of the those kind of intuitions went into sort of like whatever crypto career that I've had. And, and a lot of that involves um, um, sort of all sorts of concepts about trading crypto and um, dealing with the, you know, the nuances of volatility and a lot of other elements that ultimately make you uh, hopefully make a buck trading, but also uh, slowly you do develop like an understanding of the weaknesses and strengths of like centralized exchanges. And then when decentralized exchanges came along, you start looking at the pros and cons of that. And then you say, okay, like what is going to be the best system? Uh, and then, you know, I don't know. There's just sort of like a whole lot of steps in uh, the process of learning um, how a great piece of tech works. And um, I, I would say that the Luna UST uh, and overall Cosmos based set of systems just reminds me of like the early days of, you know, Apple or, you know, early days of Google and things like that as far as the future potential network effects, except the difference being that money permeates everything we do, not just some of the things we do. So the network effects um, for the UST Luna uh, uh, sort of system, I think can range much, much bigger than most people can imagine at this point. Um, and like Do Kwan, the founder of, of Terra Money says, like, eventually you'll it, right now it's called terra money and later you'll just you'll just call it money <laughs> like at some point that the, there will be no distinction between the two um and whether that's at some point you know ust based or some other sort of like future stablecoin model um or whatever so yeah a lot goes into the thought process i think of um sort of understanding how systems work uh but really, it's it's a lot like if you if you guys have ever played like I don't know, like Diablo three or something like that, and you've ever been like a min max gamer, you know, I think you understand how basically optimizing DeFi strategies works. You're basically trying to get the best possible sort of like um, return on the system you're building in terms of finance, 
And um, it's just about putting those building blocks together, sort of like building up, a, you know, like a barbarian character on your on your video game. You know, you have certain like speed and they, you know, or maybe like certain weapons uh, synergize with other strategies, et cetera, et cetera. And some of them are uh, some finance strategies are time based. Others are, you know, risk based, et cetera. So you, you can kind of create different uh, financial products essentially for every type of user and uh, everyone's going to be different in terms about what they want with their money and what they want out of DeFi. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, one thing I wanted to just say, you know, once again, thanks so much, Sefi uh, and Lucky for coming on, you know, because I've listened to you guys, you know, in the middle of the week and I, I know you guys like onboard people and help wa walk people through the wallet process and all that. And, and we do that a lot here in, in Cosmos spaces, like um, on the weekends, like we, we love helping new people learn the tech and, and just get comfortable with the wallets because um, it, it can be a little intimidating in the beginning. And, and, and we, we try to, you know, walk people through. It's like, Hey, you know, if you want to really get in the water and have fun, you need to get your coins off of the, the centralized exchange you know, because a lot of the Cosmos ecosystem coins, it's all about staking. So, you know, that's that's part of the passive income and the and the and the strategy within the Cosmos ecosystem. But you know, I, I just appreciate you guys and I've listened to you guys, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And I can just tell like, you know, your your hearts are kind of like where ours are. It's like we just want to help share something we're we're interested about. You know, and it's it's the Terra ecosystem is just so massive. You got there's so much going on over there. We can we can get in, get into that a little bit later. Not only um, that, but there's really just multiple, uh, really really legit chains on Cosmos, right? There, it's not yeah. like it's a bunch of bullshit tech. It's like it seems like all of the uh, people that wanted to build something real came to Cosmos, uh, as opposed to just you know arbitrary. You know, you know, yeah. chains and whatnot, and and part yeah. of that I think has to do with the fact that like each chain of the cosmos requires a whole validator set, and those validators need to decide, okay, like is our money worth it here, and if the validators uh, almost think of the validators as people that are really really smart in 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 the crypto tech space, and they are voting with their money to support say, for example, Osmosis, uh, by building out that network of validators or um, like Juno or, you know, whatever, right? So like the, the uh, I think it's impressive the amount of uh, ingenuity in many of those groups as far as uh, like, you know, uh, creating a massive network of cool shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, hey, Tricky, do we want to remind people about the Discord and what's going on? Yeah, so we got a lot of cool stuff going on for you tonight. One of the cool things is we have a giveaway going on in the Discord. So if you look at the top of the, the spaces up here, we have a pinned link that'll be able to you'll be able to head in there, uh, get verified by clicking the like reacting to the emoji, uh, head over to the giveaway tab and enter in there. We're giving away uh, ten Osmo to ten people, so one Osmo each. Um, and then also too, a little bit later tonight, we're gonna give out some Luna so that people can kind of go on Anchor and uh, like get that experience of like Luna the jenning out, using collateral, using anchor, like it's pretty damn like crazy. Like once I saw here a uh, video lucky the other night, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is too good to be true. Like I've heard about everything that that like, you know, you can do with it. And I kind of understood it, but until I saw it, I was just like, no way. Like, why am I not doing this already? 
<laughs> so and I actually did pin the uh the tweet at the top from uh Lucky. He had had a great video, great walkthrough uh, on the live space with uh Big T. That was great. So if you guys uh later we'll we'll be able to reference that and go through it. Um, yeah, I, I would say that once you start using uh Terra and some of the core protocols, uh and there's a lot of interesting new ones to come, but even the core protocols, they're truly life-changing in their implication. This is not like just like, oh, let's just play in DeFi or it's a video game or something. You know, entire companies and massive decentralized platforms are being built on top of this. Uh, and we interview those people all the time. So yeah, you just be aware that like once you get in, like <laughs> nobody that starts playing on Terra ever leaves. I don't, I'm not aware of anybody that like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Cardano next, like no, that's not happening. Like there's, like there's no chance of, uh, yeah. So, so be aware that once you are like sort of, once you're a lunatic, you're sort of stuck being a lunatic to one extent or the other. So, yeah. So cool. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit more one on one, and then we're thinking about opening up to Q and A, probably here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. But um, yeah, Lucky, if you want to chime in too a little bit. Um, just wondered, did Lucky and Sefi, did you guys ever think you guys would be interviewed by, um, you know, an albino ape smoking a, a cigarette on Twitter? I, I dream of that. <laughs> but name, name Tricky also. <laughs> albino ape named Tricky. Quite the alias, huh? Love it. But yeah, Lucky, I, I, I know I've, I've heard you walk a lot of people through onboarding and stuff, and I appreciate you guys, it's like you guys are putting hours in during the week, you know, and it's I can just tell like your heart is this just there. It's like you just want to help share information because this is life changing, you know, passive income. And, I, you know, I've heard stories and we've had stories that people have been like, man, this is amazing. This is this is changing my life, you know, and it's like, that, hey, that's what it's all about. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would just say, you know, to me, I, I'm I'm grateful that I came upon Luna and what the ecosphere can do. But my passion is really about teaching people about financial literacy and how to really, you know, use your money and make money on top of money. And, you know, what you what what people don't realize is what you're learning off the ecosphere are things that you'll probably never be able to learn in the real world until you go do it. So, like, that's where my passion is. And then with it being an investment that can make you money. I mean, what better else can you get the two paired together? So that's that's essentially why I'm super excited about just both the worlds meeting together. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Hey, Tricky, did you have the next next thing you wanted to bring up? Yeah, yeah. And then just want to say, like, Sefi again, and Lucky, like, you guys are awesome. Like, keep doing what you're doing. Like, it's it's great. Um, so just like maybe both from from you, Lucky and Sefi, what are your uh, favorite protocols on Terra right now? Like, what are you doing the most? Is it just Anchor? Is there something else you're doing? Uh, maybe talk about some of like the staking protocols they have, the like the lending protocols. What's what what's best on uh, Luna that you guys think right now? Why don't you go first, Lucky? Sure. Um, you know, I look at it as a, as a three-part uh, kind of program for me. So I, I think of a 401k IRA, and I use Stater Labs. Uh, that, to me, is just kind of parking my money and letting it grow. Um, what Stater does is they, you can, they auto-compound rewards um, in liquidity pools or uh, give you rewards for being part of liquidity pools or Stake Plus. Um, then I have my, uh, anchor where I do a lot of the borrowing and actually buying, uh, things. So 
that's like my dopamine hit for the day. So I, I kind of go to anchor and I, you know, push buttons essentially to kind of hit my, hit my itch of, I want to buy things. And what I do with those buying is the ARB. So we like to talk about the ARB opportunity in Luna and essentially it's free money right now as the market's uh, allowing. And what, what, what I mean by ARBing is the Luna to be Luna relationship. There's typically a two percent arb every day so i like to kind of make a money printer so when i think of those three things you know i think about how i continue to stack in a protocol that auto compounds uh over time i think about a kind of a bank that i can utilize my collateral that i have to uh one earn 19 and a half percent on my ust in the bank but also borrow off of and then uh three i like to utilize the arbing mechanism of um, just the whole ecosphere on the Luna to be Luna. And it gives me that itch every day to, to hit that. So those are like my three. I'm sure Sefi will probably add Prism or other stuff on top of it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, the collateral function of uh, is really important. Um, I'll just give you a, a brief sort of like walkthrough, maybe what I might do. So for example, um, let's say, you know, I'm at the top price of Luna where it's like a hundred dollars, you know, and, and it sort of has a big run up right now. I, I don't focus on selling anything because I think it's just, uh, like timing the market is just super questionable in my opinion. So I tend to figure out ways to, uh, acquire the assets that I want over time with different tactics. And, you know, the, the ecosystem needs to provide you with different sort of opportunities in a sense or different, um, like strategies depending on where the price of something is. So for example, like Lucky said, if you know, if I'm at a hundred dollar Luna, I might just be satisfied with auto compounding any gains that are coming from that and just sort of like letting that grow. If the price is falling, I want to maybe take, you know, some of my yields and be able to get more uh, a little bit more Luna. If the price falls a lot, I might be interested in collateralizing my Luna on Anchor Protocol so I can borrow a little bit and get a little bit extra Luna that way. Because my intuition is, is that like you typically only want to use leverage, um, you know, if, if price is near a bottom. So having the ability to do lots of different things at different price levels allows me to essentially uh, dynamic dollar cost average. And, but what I mean by that is I want a dollar cost average sort of continuously, but I want to be able to dollar cost average more larger amounts at lower prices. That's just what I do. And, you know, once you hear someone say that, you're like, wait a minute, that makes perfect sense. It's not just buy, you know, sell high, you know, buy low. It's basically buy a lot more lower as opposed to just simply buying lower. And then where do you get the capital for that? Um, do you do you bring it into the system somehow? Do you use the collateral you already have and execute that in some way? And then there are a variety of protocols besides Anchor Protocol, like an edge protocol, kinetic uh, that allow different styles of borrowing that are going to be coming. Uh, say, for example, you can uh, borrow off your future yield on kinetic money, as an example, which is going to be super powerful. Uh, it'll be even more, some of these things will be even more powerful we can, when we can bring other yield-bearing assets, like, for example, Atom or Avalanche or Solana or other things onto the chain that are yield-bearing in some way. And you can imagine, you, know, you can do all sorts of magic tricks with that as well. Um, so yeah, the use of uh, your existing assets as collateral uh, whenever you feel like it is super important. Uh, you know, unlike a car, you know, which you can't really collateralize, you know, unlike 
a house which you can collateralize, but you got to go through a bunch of intermediaries and whatnot. Um, you in DeFi can basically use your core Apex assets to borrow off them instantaneously without asking for anyone's permission. So if I really did want to buy a car, I could borrow off my Luna right now, walk up, you know, send UST where I want it to uh, and go buy something. Uh, so I don't necessarily have to sell, I don't want to have to sell my Apex uh, collateral assets to ever, um, uh, you know, buy something. If I really wanted it, the goal is to be able to collateralize that and um, in things like self-repaying loans, like on kinetic money, where I don't actually have to sell anything and uh, have the risk of taking an asset that's going to like thousand X and like have to worry about, you know, like be the guy that like bought Domino's pizza with their Bitcoin, you know, <laughs> for 20,000 Bitcoin or whatever. Right. So you, you don't want to be in that situation in a hyper deflationary growth asset. So those are all really, really cool. And then there's other f like specific utility protocols like a Kajira. Uh, for example, there's other uh, variations on how to uh, earn or utilize the yield of your, uh, you know, your yield bearing assets in things like Prism Protocol. So there's some pretty cool um, possibilities with all of these. And the way we look at it is all these major protocols uh, that create various forms of like investing strategies, these can then be used by like uh, DAOs and corporations and video game makers uh, to be the background engines of earning uh, to run lots of cool stuff on top of it. And we call that composability. So you could basically take, you know, Lego blocks of things that might be happening on kinetic money and uh, anchor protocol, put some strategy together that combines those two things, and then maybe have that fuel your advertising budget for your video game empire or whatever, or your play to earn or something like that. So all sorts of interesting uh, things are going to be taking place using what we look at now is like DeFi protocols that we're playing around in, but you can uh, really make neat sort of like video game components in a sense. Um, and, and the best way to think about this really is the way like video game ecosystems work. Like if you've ever played a multiplayer online game, like a World of Warcraft or something like that, right? There's a whole system of like, you know, money and assets entering into the system and like ways to trade them and move them and uh, marketplaces to sell them. And then of course you have NFTs and such, which are on Terra as well. And uh, the NFT space will probably be one of the biggest NFT spaces in the world, if not the biggest. The reason is because the UST mechanism on Terra um, makes it super special. Uh, the same thing is true of secret network. Uh, there are things about privacy that make that network super special as well. And, and I think um, UST on Terra and privacy on secret is going to be really uh, value accrual for those projects as well. well I, and I don't think you covered it yet, but I, I think we should cover why UST is special on, on Luna. Did you cover that yet? That yeah. Um, I wanted, yeah, I, what, yeah, we can, um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mayor. Sorry. I wanted to touch base on that because, um, it's like I said, I took a quick look at it last year, but I didn't look close enough. And I, it, it is a very unique, um, ecosystem and blockchain. And just for a lot of, if there are any newer people in, in this space right now, you know, I just want, I, I want to just remind you that um, a really good way 
to learn the technology is to use it. And we, and a lot of times we talk about the three T's. If you're looking at it, it, it something you want to get into, a coin you want to get into, you want to look at the technology, the tokenomics, and the team, and then also the the community. So the, the three T's plus the community, and uh, Terra ecosystem has the community. They have excellent tech, but the to- tokenomics is what really makes it special. And I think lucky that's what you're hitting on. And mm-hmm. I, and I just I just want to throw this out there. It is this is like a diamond in the rough friends. It, it, this is like, aside from having IBC, which is inner blockchain communication, which is a major, major plus. This is a big plus, And this is why we, all of us in the IBC gang and the Cosmos ecosystem, interoperability will be needed. And, and that's where everything is going. Um, that's what Ethereum wanted and needed was scalabi- scalability. And they just are still trying to pull it off. So what I'm saying is this diamond in the rough, it's like, and, and Sefi, I think I've, you've hit it on this a couple of times in some of your bigger talks. It's like, not only does Terra, Terra ecosystem have the um, unique relationship with the stable coin, they have that, they have IBC, but they also have a deflationary burn mechanism, which is unique within IBC because all the other main IBC chains are inflate inflationary and what i mean by that is for people newer in the um in the group um you know adam has like a nine ten percent inflation rate so there's an inflation on the coins for the people who stake their coins they get a yield back and that is that are that that is new adam and then like um, juno has a higher inflation rate right now and osmosis has an inflation rate but what makes luna unique is it's deflationary and i think lucky that's what you were hitting on a little bit yeah i think you know that for sure and i'll I'll let sefi explain that i think the other thing that i want to make sure people realize what's special and unique around the luna ecosphere is that the fees right the fees itself can be paid in the stable coin of ust that is super unique okay so let's talk about that for a second so if when you're on the ethereum blockchain right you pay your fees in eth last year i'm doing my taxes I paid about $3,000 of ETH fees, okay? That's almost more than now an ETH. If I took that to UST, over time, what I spent would be what I spent because it's a one-to-one relationship. But that ETH that I spent the $3,000 over over that year last year, if ETH rises to $10,000, I've lost out on a lot of potential gain in the future. So I just want you guys to think about that how the gas fees are we'll say gas how the gas fees the transaction fees are paid and i'll let sefi get into the to to that relationship of ust to luna but that's super super unique and special around this ecosphere yeah it'd be like for example you wouldn't want to sell your apple stock to buy an iphone right like this is the basic problem with the way a substantial portion of crypto is designed um you would want uh your apple stock to go up if an iphone is sold but you don't want to spend your Apple stock to buy an iPhone because theoretically that's the gro- the growth uh, asset that you're holding on to, right? So think about it. Yeah, that's that's a good way to probably think about that scenario. And you, you want to be able to pay for uh, a substantial portion of the transactions on the network if you choose to, right? In uh, a stable coin that doesn't create like weird taxable events as well. And um and, and maybe reduces your opportunity to continue to hold a asset that's going to go up in value. Because if you thought Ethereum was going to like, you know, 10x from 
$3,000 to $30,000, it makes no sense to be, you know, you know, wasting it for transaction fees. Now, part of the thing is like a lot of crypto networks use the inflationary rewards to basically uh, incentivize boot the bootstrapping of the network. And uh, they use the utility function of the the token to be simply to pay for transactions on the network, right? And this kind of came a little bit from that proof of work environment, the idea that a, like a coin has to do something in order for it to have value, a utility. The problem is, I think I, what I've learned it, through all this is that you can't just have one utility for the coin. It can't just simply be... Um, uh, it can't just simply be only for the transactions of the network. It's not good enough, in my opinion. Uh, you have to have at least one more value accrual mechanism. Uh, for example, like if you're on Osmosis, the Osmo token is the pairing token for all the other coins on that deck. So it has a separate value as a result of that. Rune is very similar in that respect. It pairs with every other token on the network, so you can route things through the decks through Rune. So the more people that use osmosis the more osmo token you're going to need uh and so therefore there is a reason not to just like sell your inflationary rewards you're going to use that osmo token um in the example of atom what is being looked at is the concept of using the atom token to be the value accrual mechanism of shared security which is where like validators can validate multiple uh chains and then like accrue value to the atom holder through the shared security model. So therefore, the Atom token is not just used for transactions on the Atom, the Cosmos network, the hub, but also could be used to like be the value accrual mechanism for validators for lots of other things. So that would be another added value to make um, that useful. And this is what's considered basically a deterministic price model where the value of your Web 3.0 coin, whether it's Luna or Atom or Osmo or whatever, uh, the value needs to go up in a direct relationship or uh, with the use of that network, right? So, like if people use UST, Luna gets burned, and that creates a direct deterministic value that cannot be a priori priced in by just simply market speculation, right? So, for example, like whatever the cost of Luna, price of Luna is today it cannot automatically price in. Like if Mayer decides he wants, you know, a billion dollars worth of UST next week, uh, the price of Luna cannot preemptively price that in because even if I were to sort of like know that Mayer wants to, you know, a billion dollars worth of like UST, like I could theoretically, I guess, preemptively hear about it, buy Luna and drive the price up. But then when he goes and mints UST, it has to burn more Luna and therefore indirectly drives the price up because he's got to buy Luna to, to, to make that UST. So the, the deterministic price model means that until the actual uh, coin is used to mint UST, it, it, you can't actually encapsulate that value in purely speculation. Hopefully everyone like is understanding this. Like, so, the de so it's not just deflationary, but it's deflationary via a deterministic value accrual model. And I would, I would add that like, Almost no stock or other asset in the history of human existence um, has done this sort of thing before. So, like the prime, uh, like deterministic coins that are out there in the universe of crypto today, 
are just going to blow everything else out of the water, in my opinion. So again, not financial advice. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say it this way. I think we said it earlier in one of our spaces today. If no one bought Luna anymore, right? Like if, if no one bought Luna anymore, but UST got widely adopted and started being used, Luna's price would skyrocket still. So just think right. about that for a second. Right. It would, think, it would think, be like, think, like think imagine about if someone oh. bought an Apple iPhone like one Apple stock was burned for every time someone bought a phone, right? The value of Apple stock would skyrocket because there would be a direct tie into the stock and the phone uh, adoption. That would be a way and to like, that. that is so powerful when you just kind of step back for a second and just, just think about what we just said. If no one buys Luna anymore and UST is adopted across the nation, Luna would skyrocket, period. Yeah, and and... What's happening right now is UST is is it's got a really good run going right now because I just want to throw this out USDC, which is you know the Circle stable stable coin, which is also an ERC twenty token, which is very expensive to move around, um, is at fifty two billion dollar fifty two point nine billion dollar market cap. That's uh, USDC. Um, UST is at thirteen point six billion dollar market cap. So, and with the rate UST is going, like it, it could be at 20, you know, by midsummer. So, it, it, and, and I, I really, and here's another thing, and this is why I really want, if there's anyone new or just people that are just taking a look at Luna right now, I really just want you to understand this. And this is kind of what makes Luna really special is, and, and Sefi, I've heard you say this, and, it, and when you said it, it really clicked it in my head. It's like, when you understand the burn mechanism and the algorithmic, uh, you know, relationship between Terra and UST, you will be thankful for the days when um, Terra goes down. Like Terra dipped down to fifty bucks, you know, last month, and you know, it's like when you know deep down and, and you're committed to this coin, like that, that's a gift, you know, and it's like. It's hard for someone who doesn't understand it to be like, oh, you know, that's when you get that freak out mode and, and you know, you sell at the bottom, you know, but if you really understand it and you understand the tech, you're like, and, and you're, you know, you're committed to it, you know, you're like, this is going to be a five year, 10 year investment for me. You know, if, you know, if something happens, you know, there's a lot of instability in the world right now in Europe and Canada and all this stuff. If, if the markets dip crazy, you know, and the S&P goes down 10% and let's just say terror goes back down to to $40. I know, Sefi, I've heard you say, like, that's when you're going to, you're committed, you know? And so, it's, like yeah, I well, said, the, the difference is like, uh, when the, so any, any uh, crypto is going to have a lot of uh, amateur speculators and FOMO buying and all of that, right? That's all normal. Uh, you're going to see price, you know, kind of, you know, go way higher for a period of time. And then, you know, it'll go down and then people panic sell because they bought too high and all these kinds of normal human psychology. Uh, th those things will never uh, be eliminated or whatever. Nothing's ever like up only. The difference is, is like the only alpha you have essentially is to understand how the various systems work better than most of the rest of the human race and therefore have the conviction to grab the bottoms or whatever uh, when you can. That's really, that's the only alpha you really have, unless you just simply want to try to guess and look at a chart and figure out price action, uh, which basically is just a fool's errand because you'll never uh, allocate enough if you don't understand the project or you'll under, you'll allocate to projects that are stupid because you don't understand those either. 
and you don't understand the opportunity costs between the different projects. So it, not everything is the same. Not everything deserves the same allocation, in my opinion. Um, and, and so when you mentioned community before, I, I, community is important. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Scientology has a, com you know, community, like, but I'm not planning on like signing up for it, right? So like, <laughs> it, and, and maybe the community is very like entertaining, too. I don't have, you know, there could be all sorts of communities out there. Um, I, I, at the same time, like, you can have lots and lots of people be wrong in mass. So um, whatever community you're in, be sure that you're like judging it on its the technology on its merits if you're really talking about it from some sort of like investment perspective don't just say hey look i made a bunch of friends here therefore it's worth buying something or whatever so. yeah for sure so we're, we're going on about an hour here i did just want to ask one more question before we open it up to q a um do you wh what is do you know that much about the chai app and like the adoption over there in South Korea. Like I, I've seen a couple videos on it. Like I know it's getting some traction and is, is South Korea very friendly uh, regulation wise to to what's what's going on with the stablecoin stuff? Do you know sort that of, much? Sort of no and no. Um, <laughs> South Korea wants to push more KYC wallets, which is an interesting situation. So um there may have to be specific wallets that um uh provide kyc to be considered sort of allowable in south korea so there's some issues there going on the second thing that's happening uh oh the question about chai chai was essentially a, a payment gateway that um allowed people exposure to ust anchor protocol and like make payments with little vendors like gas stations and this and that. And um, it's kind of, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it uses Terra mostly as a backend rail. Uh, I, I don't think it really, like uh, the way Chai works, it's not really um, at this point hugely uh, impactful for Terra at this moment. I don't think it's something that anyone's really paying that much attention to. Uh, I, and uh, I don't think it's necessarily a, a big mechanism for UST uh, or KRT for that matter at this point. So we'll have to see where that goes. I, I haven't heard too much about it lately. Um, I think there's just much bigger uh, uh, avenues that are coming up for adoption than that. I think the the gaming announcements in particular, uh, some of the sports, uh, fantasy sports gaming and a whole whole variety of things that are coming will essentially have people exposed in the background to Terra and UST without necessarily them noticing that they're actually in crypto, which is a big, big thing. And, and that's not necessarily the case for a lot of other Cosmos-based chains, for, for that matter. Like, like, for example, if you're using an Osmosis and you're using it as a DEX, you may use it for that very specific function. And eventually, wallets may connect and route coins through those DEXs. Um, but you don't necessarily want the whole world coming to play on osmosis directly. You want to essentially abstract all that away. And eventually, you know, people on wallets like XDeFi and, or apps like gaming and such, all the various like financial shenanigans happen in the background and people shouldn't have to all learn how to use all those little, you know, systems. Right. So that's what's going to happen, I think, uh, for people that don't necessarily want to learn all the DeFi and all the details. Uh, you're going to have a huge number of folks who just want to like interact with 
front end apps and things like that. Right. Yeah. I think you did an interview with a fan. It was like a um, fantasy sports and they were kind of big in, in Europe and soccer. Like you were talking about that earlier this week, which that was an interesting conversation. Sounded like those guys were, were really on point. Hey, hey, Mayor, can I just kind of give my one perspective of the Luna, like how I kind of tell the newbies that uh, yeah. up on, you know, the, the way I look at it is this. It's like the way that Luna can work, right? The UST relationship is special. I think we've talked about that. So like that soccer piece that you just said, the more UST that can be utilized, the more Luna's burned, hyper deflationary, check, check, got it. But the one thing that I want people to think about when they're investing in crypto and what they're buying is like when you buy an asset. And then you can also borrow on it. And until you do it, you don't realize it. So to your point, Mayor, like you got to go do these things to really understand it. But take something that's $100 right now and you can borrow, let's say, 50, 50% up off of it. That's $50. I've taken an asset and I've created 150 out of it. I can take that 50 and go put it in earn and earn 19.5%. Well, if, if what we're saying is true and the asset will appreciate over time, like buying real estate in a in a, in a early early real estate in New York and Miami and California, that a hundred dollars that we would have bought initially it might go to a thousand dollars. That a thousand dollars then you can borrow off is is five hundred. So your fifty now just went to five hundred. And what individuals can do with that five hundred is still earn off of that five hundred additionally. So it's like thinking about crypto in the sense of you're buying an asset that over time will appreciate because of the mechanisms underneath it. And then what you can do with it is super powerful. But that mindset and that thinking of how this operates takes some time for that to shift because people aren't used to this, right? A lot of people come into these and say, I'm going to go buy a coin and I'm hoping it goes up and period. That's it. This is more, I'm buying appreciative assets that I can do things with. And the things that we're doing with is what we talk about. It does, it does also help uh, that Terra happens to have essentially what amounts to the hyper-deflationary standard with the highest deterministic uh, sort of value proposition model in the form of UST adoption. Uh, it, it was really unmatched in all of crypto. Like if, if you had realized this like when early last year, which a lot of companies, a lot of uh, like think tanks like Delphi Digital and whatever, you know, if you would have realized this quite early, um, you would have understood what they were trying to tell you in that the since Luna is an apex sort of asset, um, there's never a reason to sell your like Luna and go and buy Avalanche with it. Like there's not an obvious reason to ever do this. The other way is not true, however. Like ultimately, a hyperdeflationary standard ends up becoming like a black hole of wealth similar to BTC. Um, you know, and, and th that being on chain with a highly useful stable coin on chain with like uh, ways to borrow and for that matter, um, you know, earn high yield on UST. It's like, it has every magic component that you ever need to, a, to a large extent. Right. So that's why, like when you're on Terra, nobody really, you know, unless they're going to spend their UST on something or they want to use UST on other um, systems, they tend not to leave. And then when you add other kind of neat little technologies like what ThorChain's doing, then what you have is that like people that have Bitcoin as a store of value can are going to readily be able to go but use UST to cross over into uh, Cosmos, for example, 
or cross over readily into Terra and access all these financial capabilities um, to the extent that ultimately, like for example, on third chain, you're gonna be able to take, for example, uh, your Bitcoin that you might have as a store of value, potentially borrow off it on various markets and then get UST and go use it on Anchor or whatever, right? So like you, you have a very nice ecosystem um, in Cosmos where you have the ability to transact without a centralized exchange. You have the ability to earn yields that no bank can ever give you. You have the uh, hyperdeflationary gold standard asset that's like one of the coolest in tech in Luna. Then you have on top of that, like people like Secret Network and Void Protocol and Shade and all this other stuff creating the privacy layer that we absolutely need to be able to transact. And you basically have the whole universe of ideas essentially in the cosmos, um, you know, sort of like all in one place. There's not an obvious reason to leave the cosmos once you're in it, right? There just isn't. Like how many of you are like taking your like, you know, bags and packing them and heading off to go to Cardano. There's just no reason to do so. There's nothing there that cannot be already done here. So any new layer one, uh, whatever tech they might have, they have to basically beat the network effect of the Cosmos IBC. They have to beat the network effect of UST. They have to beat the hyperdeflationary price meme effect of Luna. And then on top of all of that, you know, the LFG Foundation or whatever bought like you know, is, is one of the largest holders of Bitcoin in the world now uh, to additionally help peg Luna. I mean, I'm sorry, to peg UST. So the entire thing is just has gotten just ridiculous, in my opinion. Like the, the yes. growth potential is off the charts compared to anything in the history of tech, in my opinion. Yeah, when Doe tweeted that out, um, you know, he's pretty active on Twitter. And, and that's that's cool. It I like that. But when he tweeted it out, I think it was just like three days ago. He's like, uh, you know, we're going to buy a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and just just hold it. And then he said uh, something about um, it's like your next sailor or something like that. Or, um, you know, just having fun with Michael Saylor. Yeah, I just, there's, it's, we're just riding the meme wave. Right. Like even the name LFG is just like taking over the LFG meme. And then like now the minute anyone says it or thinks about it, they think Terra now. Right. As yeah. opposed to looking for a group or let's fucking go or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. cool. Well, I, I think, think the hard part is mayor, like you hear, you know, you hear myself and hear stuff. You talk about all this and y you want to figure out how you can get people to understand this. So that light bulb kind of clicks on the power of what's happening. Right. Like, I am super bullish on Osmos and the IBC chain and, and Cosmos and what they've done, like because of the power of what's being built on top of this layer. And until you start connecting all these dots, you really don't realize it. So it's like, how do you how do we continue to share this so people understand the power of what's happening? Right. Because obviously, you guys know people come in through crypto through a lot of like meme or altcoins. And like I said before, it's more of like uh, I just I, I'm going to hold 100 million of these because I think it's going to go a, to a dollar but they're really not you know, uncovering this and saying, what's really the true value here and what's really happening? Yeah, I agree. So we're, we're about over an hour in. Um, Tricky, do you, um, number one, everyone listening, go ahead and share the space. We're, we're going to go for, for definitely a little bit longer. Um, Tricky, what do you, anything going on in Discord and what do you want to do next here? No, yeah, I think now's a good time to take advantage of uh, some questions from the crowd. You know, just take time when we have uh, Steffi and Lucky here um, and then let uh, the GM go for <clears throat> first. But actually, I have one question that came from Twitter that I wanted that was for Steffi. 
Um, so when Strange Clan opens up, will you join Share the Strange Clan Gaming to start farm gaming and talk about Luna in there? <laughs> uh, is what somebody wanted to ask. I'm not sure <laughs> you know what Strange Clan is, but <laughs> um, now Strange Clan is going to be on. Uh, remind me which channel that is that going to be on? I, it might end up being its own chain, uh, but I'm, it's Juno based uh, NFTs. Oh, okay, I think it's going to. It might be on Juno actually. Anyway, uh, I, me personally, uh, having been in sort of like the gaming thing a long time ago, I don't know. It seems like every permutation of gaming is I've, I've already been in it, like being in like mega guilds to God knows what else. I, it's not one of the things I plan on spending a lot of my time on. Um, I think uh, I, I will be following what's happening in the sort of gaming space. Uh, I have a pretty good judge of it in terms of like what's good and what's bullshit for starters. And so I, I will kind of, you know, think about gaming and what, um, you know, how it's going to benefit us all, where that's going to bring in adoption and such. Am I going to really do a whole lot of like playing in gaming communities at this stage of my life? I think the answer is going to be a hard no on that one. <laughs> but uh, it's the same thing for like NFTs. I, I don't I mind talking about them and, you know, get you know, getting into the details with communities about what they are, but am I going to be sitting here doing a whole lot of NFT collecting? It's just not really my thing, I think. So uh, I'm enjoying the, the gaming experience of DeFi more than anything else I would say right now. <laughs> yeah, I get that. You know, I mean, you do a lot of spaces, let alone your real life stuff. So, you know, can't imagine you'd have much more time for gaming. So, uh, so let's go to the gen. I mean, hanging out in Twitter spaces is not that different, by the way, than like, you know, hanging out running a mega guild on, uh, you know, an EverQuest or something or a World of Warcraft or something like that. There's a lot of organization and whatnot that goes into it, right? Like if you've ever been into that sort of thing, you realize this is not that much different. We're just all hanging out. These are all people you don't know. You're trying to like, you know, uh, you know, teach people and get people to try to, you know, do different interesting things. The difference is, is now instead of like teaching people how to slay a dragon, you know, it's just like you're just teaching them how to yield farm on Prism or something. You know, like there's not that much difference between DeFi and gaming in the classic sense. Yeah, I really like how you put that. I always thought like, you know, it's, everything we're doing is gamified. But until you said that, I didn't really put it together. Like all the gaming we've done, like socialized us for this for the money aspect, for the scarcity, for the- Yeah, I'm, I'm going to you know, make more money like figuring out how the next protocol on Terra's, Terra works as opposed to like figuring out like how to upgrade my Diablo character. Like, so, and mentally, it's pretty much the exact same thing. So it's like, why not just like, you know, learn something that's going to, you know, benefit me uh, at some point in the future instead of just like, you know. So basically, what, that's why I say like gaming, you know, when people say play to earn, you're really just calling it like uh you're it's still actually just paying to play because ultimately like you're not going to make as much there as you would say in just like straight DeFi. so your time is being spent differently in that regard um so yeah gaming i think like should be for the entertainment like if you love it you like being entertained by it and you think it adds value to your life you should do it right but it's weird when you start like mixing too much like financial incentives into the the game structure because it, then it just becomes like a type of glorified DeFi, which uh, I'd rather have the unabstracted version, uh, like <laughs> directly in DeFi as opposed to playing like video games that look like DeFi. Personally, I agree with you. Uh, let's, let's go to the, the gen. 
Let's get off going with some of these questions. It's funny, man. I always follow around Sefi and Lucky everywhere, and I still always have questions for them because there's just so much to unpack. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to the, the windmills in your safe moon bags later. But um, in the meantime, uh, on-ramping, uh, I'm having questions about on-ramping UST. Um, I've heard of, like, Cabo being a good one. I know they have, like, kind of smaller limits. But if you're wanting to bring, like, big bags into the Terra ecosystem, what is the best way to do that? I feel like this is like the number one or two question we get. Um, so Cato has been amazing with a $2 fee for UST, uh, Cato.ramp. Um, you do have to KYC for it, just FYI. Um, Kraken just picked up UST. So I think for those that are overseas, Kraken uh, has been a good um, on-ramp from what I'm hearing. OKCoin okay also has it. A lot of the U.S. people, I like. I used to go through Coinbase to uh, KuCoin to uh, the Terra Wallet, and I would do that through like USDT or USDC because I'd get a good ARB rate, and the value of my dollar would go up. And by the time I got to Terra, I would only spend like a couple dollars of fees. So I always, you know, say like last week, you know, through Pro.Coinbase, I moved about five grand of UST for like three or four dollars. Um, <clears throat> but for those in US right now, I, I would say Cato is the number one leading because it's literally a two dollar fee and it takes no more than two minutes, no joke. Another another, another relatively slippage free way, by the way, is uh, like Adam via osmosis probably is low fee, low slippage situation if you're talking about unramping a lot of money. Yeah, that and we talked about that earlier. So if you guys, I did a video on how to set up your Kepler wallet. Um, so if, if you have your Terra Station wallet and you put the same um, monomic seed in your Kepler between the IBC, you actually can see the value between your Terra and Kepler. So no matter if you go to your Kepler wallet or Terra wallet, it's like pretty much just connected. It's the same wallet per se. Um, it's pretty sweet. Um, so that's a good way if you have Autumn or you want to go to something in the Cosmos e ecosphere and then use the Osmos decks to, to go to UST. It's super easy. <clears throat> I just added the, your YouTube video tweet you posted a few minutes ago. Um, for everybody that wants to reference that and go through Lucky's videos, um, I will recommend, I, I will uh, back them up. When I watched this video, it was very, like, super easy to follow. So everybody should give Lucky and Seppi a follow if you're not already. I feel like everybody in the world is following Seppi. <laughs> already but uh make sure you follow these guys because they do a lot of good uh you know informational and educational material for for everything and building that ecosystem um so let's go to brian and then we'll go to justin and then chitan and donnie hey yo 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 can everybody hear me yes sir all right man so i got a couple i got, I got a couple of statements statement number one is so i don't know if y'all know but i drive to the left part-time I talk to almost every passenger about crypto. Um, <clears throat> I'm realizing a lot of people are either afraid of crypto, they have no idea like what a stable point is, and uh, it's just I'm, I'm 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 just finding out how early we 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 really are. And um, number two, please somebody correct me if, if I'm wrong, but. Back whenever Luna hit its all-time high around December 24th, you know, we, we had like a total supply like around 825 million. And now, you know, we're sitting like around 87 with around 772 million. Like when when Luna, you know, has that sort of 
sharp move in the direction to towards the all-time high. Is it like a? Do you guys think it's like a high percent chance of it just kind of like skyrocketing past that due to the amount of load that has been burned off since the previous all-time high? Am I am I in like correct thinking? Yeah, um, and you might want to hit mute your mic because there's a lot of noise on your end. Okay, thank you. Um, what, what he's referring to is like, you know, because there's less supply out there now, even compared to last time, the price of this level, is it likely, you know, that you're going to have like a uh, supply shock type of exponential move in the price of the coin? So he's getting into more of the price, like uh, mechanics of it. And uh, basically, yes, I mean, that's what you should ultimately expect. Now, everyone should be aware that while UST is burned, I'm sorry, UST uh, uh, minting burns Luna, it does not mean that immediate uh, price action is directly reflected because the price is reflected by, you know, new people buying Luna uh, and either burning it to UST or uh, Luna just being speculated upon. Uh, it's also reflected in people that get Luna and then keep it for the yield and other elements. So it actually there's reasons to hold Luna. There's reasons to burn it to UST. Uh, there's reasons that people would speculate on price because not everyone's like a long-term holder. So you're going to see prices just kind of go all over the place. Uh, early assets, you know, within the first few years of their emergence have super high volatility. Uh, and bear in mind that like a small supply can lead to crazy prices of the upside, but it can also lead to crazy prices of the downside. Uh, the volatility can be bi-directional uh, and not up only because that's just the nature of like uh, uh, any asset that has a, a small supply. So you shouldn't automatically assume uh, too much the, to uh, the, you know, only the upside. You have to use your imagination of the downside. I think plus or minus 60% uh, volatility at any given moment is something that one should be prepared for at all times with Luna in either direction. So that's that's a general good um, sort of rule of thumb to keep in mind. Oh, but well, I but time. I guess the I think the question he was asking is, is it going to moon? Uh, my yeah. intuition is it probably yes, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Yeah, um, uh, Lord, we got a couple more uh, people first, and then uh, we'll go to you. Is that cool? Hi, guys. Uh, thank you very much for putting this up. You know, I just um, have a quick question. Can you guys share the longer-term vision of the Terra ecosystem? And um, let's say if a UST uh, uh, reaches a hundred billion market cap, and then even beyond that, how how does the system would be look like? Like UST is going to be the dominant. Um, like uh, stable, or is going to be a diversified stable coin? Uh, I believe it will be diversified to some extent, but I do also think it's going to achieve uh, dominance as well. And uh, the reason for that is uh, you have to realize it's very, very difficult to bootstrap adoption. Uh, and I don't know how else to... Uh, this is an extremely important uh, issue in that you can bring in a lot of money into any kind of ecosystem, venture capital money, you can start your own coin, you can start your own chain, whatever, right? But to get people to actually adopt and use something is actually potentially much harder. 
there is, you have to have a product that works. Let's say, for example, your, your iPhone or your Android phone or whatever you use. And then you have to build a huge user base around that functional technology. And then on top of that, you have to continue to kind of create network effects, like, for example, app stores that bring additional utility to the base layer, which would be like your iPhone, right? And uh, that would be reflected in like the Apple stock or your Google stock or something like that. Um, but in this, in the, the UST scenario, I think you have the same concept. Once it reaches a certain size and a certain amount of utility and a certain number of users, it doesn't necessarily make sense for exchanges to have hundreds and hundreds of like parallel stable coins that they have to then have different technologies different types of like infrastructure that those developers have to put in at those exchanges, right? There, there comes a point after which there's a reason why like the latest, greatest Nokia smartphone doesn't have any developers because new developers are going to want to build on the most dominant networks. And in this case, what's happened is the dominant network is rapidly becoming Cosmos-based ecosystem because of IBC and because of the the large sort of like user base that's being built right on that. I mean, just look at the number of Cosmos-based chains right now that are in the top 100, right? Considerable portion of the top 100 is going to be Cosmos. Uh, and there's a variety of them that aren't top 100 yet, like sub-tokens of uh, the Cosmos that will also be. So there's going to be a lot of liquidity there. Uh, centralized exchanges, decentralized exchanges, they're going to support the coins with the highest utility and people are going to use the coins with the highest utility. So it's an extremely important thing to be like uh, really, really moving fast in terms of adoption. The part of the reason why I do these spaces and talk about it is I do believe adoption is an emergency. I think the world needs um, things like Luna UST and the Cosmos ecosystem. And I don't think we should be like wasting too much time getting there. It needs to, you need to get dominant very quickly so as to sort of like overwhelm any kind of attempts by the like rest of governments and everyone else to basically try to like attack or regulate you out of existence. In fact, you want to onboard every politician you know, you want to onboard every sort of like tech person you know, so that everyone's advocating for the same thing. And, and, and there is a bit of an emergency to make that happen. And, um, but, but I think it's not that easy to uh, like unseat the best uh, like tokenomics, and it's very difficult to unseat the best uh, technology. And with Luna UST, and you, I mean, you literally have both, just by happenstance or by luck or by you know genius, whatever it is, like both in the same uh, pairing, and that's an extremely difficult thing to beat. I mean, I, I think how I would sum that up too is like, once you actually start utilizing it and understanding what it's doing what can really take it over and why would you go anywhere else? I mean, essentially with everything he just said and how it's moving and where it's going, it's like once you really start getting into it, you won't realize it until you start utilizing it. <clears throat> yeah, a, a gargantuan amount of money would, needed to, would need to be available. Say, for example, let's say Apple as an example because everyone's on you know, Apple or Google phones or something like that. Uh, imagine how much money it would take 
to outmarket Apple at this point, right? Like when Steve Jobs died, he was the most well-known human being in the history of the human race. I shit you not. Like, like no, like more than any religious figure, more people knew who he was. Why? Because every, you know, so many people knew what Apple was. They knew the brand name. They knew the phones. They loved the products. Whatever, right? Similarly, um, if you get sufficiently large enough with network effects, um, it's not that easy to knock off the guy at the top. And I think that's an important thing that the Cosmos uh, and uh, uh, Terra folks in general uh, need to be kind of cognizant of. So you really have to shield the bag, so to speak. <laughs> you really have to get this out there. Okay, great. Who do we who who do we have up next? I think uh, it's Justin, and then Chaton, and then Donnie. Hey, Trey. Yeah, no trouble, guys. Thanks very much for putting this on. Really appreciate the opportunity. Um, just as a as a, this is a great segue, actually, because I'm helping a, a number of people get onto the Lunar Terra network, um, Anchor Protocols, Prism, ne Nexus, all all those sorts of new platforms that we're able to learn and and earn from. <clears throat> I've I've got two groups of people that are at two different stages. Some that are, you know, they've just been onboarded with UST, they're buying B Luna, they're um they're they're using Anchor to earn 20% in the earn protocol on Anchor. And then I've got a group of people who have gone on to, you know, use um liquidity pools and and they're borrowing more as the value of the Luna token goes up. But that second group are in this in this sort of cycle where they can't get out of borrowing as the Luna token value increases, which means they're buying back into the market at the higher rate because as the Luna price goes down when they're trying to buy the dips, their loan to value ratio increases. So they have to sell whatever they have liquid to pay back the loan. I'm wondering if you can help me help them work out a strategy to get out of that vicious cycle well i mean you're basically dealing with a math problem essentially <laughs> and the simple answer is the lower the price that you buy your collateral at the less downside you're likely to face just mathematically right so if you've already gone down 50 percent the odds that you're going to go down another 50 percent are pretty much zero so therefore or I mean, I'm sorry, and you know, all the way to zero is zero. <laughs> but your 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 the probability, I should say, uh, goes lower and lower the lower price goes. So I tend to use the maximum like borrow power of my collateral near bottoms. Maybe Lucky can. I mean, here here here's kind of how I would explain it to them. I I would say I would say two things. I would say learn how to dynamic cost average into these things a cost average would be to one figure out some levels where you're going to buy deeper right so let's say you're at 86 dollar luna right now or 88 dollar tell them to start thinking about levels of like 70 60 and 50 okay take out the money if you want to borrow but put it in earn while you wait for those levels and then teach them the concept of fomo and jomo right? There's the fear of missing out and the joy of missing out and tell them one that they're, they're in it. So they, they shouldn't be worried about, you know, not being part of it, but if it goes up, they're in it. So it's okay if they don't get more. And the joy of missing out is that 
they're already in it and they're not hurting themselves to actually borrow against it. So they're excited about it. It's like you have to kind of change that mindset around how they think about the buying. And if, if you can get them to that like dynamic dollar cost averaging to buy lower as it goes down or more as it goes down and teach them how to just earn off that, they won't hurt themselves from that perspective. Because we all do the same. You see your collateral value go up and you're like, well, let me borrow more, right? But the minute that thing drops 30% or 40%, and Sefi said it, right? Like you have to think of that percentage wise. These people are struggling, they'll be liquidated. But you just really have to ingrain those thoughts in them and they'll, they'll, they'll be fine for the future. <laughs> Yeah, so I think maybe they might have to tip in a little bit more um, capital to buy, you know, after those larger dumps. Because at the moment they've done really well. They've increased the number of tokens that they've held by leveraging the amount of their collateral as it increases. But any sort of money that they've got in earn isn't there to buy the dips. It's there to manage the the LTV. So I think, yeah, they might need to just keep the state. The, you know, the levels that they've got and then a little bit when the, the dollars or the value of the Luna comes back, then they can um, tip in some extra capital and keep their money in earn. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is keep the money in earn, find out those levels and teach them how to just buy at those levels. People are impatient. That's why people typically lose. They're just impatient. They got to be patient in this game and, and either wait for the levels. And if they don't hit the levels, then be thankful that they're at least in what, what they got. Yeah, yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, with without a good strategy, people shouldn't be using any leverage, honestly. Like it, it, there's no need. Uh you can do so well just like auto compounding Luna like Lucky said with Stator Labs or something like that or just taking your yield and just using that to get more Luna than it does to like if if you're not sure uh, rule number one is don't lose any Luna. And therefore the, the way you do that is by not getting liquidated uh getting like irrationally greedy or whatever i love the good advice with restraint uh so let's go to chitan then Downey, and then we'll go to ej hello uh can you hear me yes sir. <clears throat> thank you uh, uh, first of all thank you everybody for putting the, the educational stuff around and uh, a newbie alert here so uh here is my question uh, i've been following anchor spaces for a while but uh and and all I hear about is how we can borrow of of our uh, Luna and you know collateralize this uh, collateralize it to borrow UST and then get nineteen or twenty percent uh, interest. So what I'm trying, but but what I'm trying to do is, uh, uh, why is there uh, so less adoption of bonded ETH? Like I'm trying to do is take my uh, ETH, sell it off on whatever uh, exchange I have and buy UST with it. Go to TerraSwap and then. Uh, uh, buy uh, bonded ETH with it and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, the usual stuff, get UST and get 19.5% interest on it. Uh, so uh, are there any cons or pros, uh, you know, if any, with this approach? Like, my question is, yes, yeah, why, why be ETH has loss of, less of adoption? Um, Thank you. Well, bonded Ethereum is acquired basically on uh, a place called Wormhole which is like a jump capital project, which is basically a bridge. And if you want to take your ETH and uh, go to the wormhole page and convert it to, um, well, Lido Finance uh, and Wormhole are places I think you can kind of like transition these things if you want to move your Ethereum as a bonded asset to borrow off of it in Terra. You don't have to necessarily sell it to do it. Um, 
I don't really do a whole lot of anything with Ethereum, so I probably uh, can't provide you too much uh, like advice in that direction. I find that I prefer the tokenomics to Luna anyway, so I'd rather have Luna borrow off of it, so I have the the price exposure to Luna versus Ethereum. So I don't really bother with anything Ethereum related anymore, personally. I don't know if that helps at all. <laughs> yeah thank you uh thank you appreciate it uh yeah so i was like just thinking that you know why keep uh eat when i have it why not you know uh, get some something out of it yeah you can definitely uh use bonded eth and certainly people do and use lido finance and whatnot to port over their eth uh if you want to borrow off it on anchor certainly a possibility Excellent. um actually and actually another thing to keep in mind chetan is that like the bonded eth is actually nicer than real eth because BETH pays you UST immediately, and it's basically a liquid staked ETH, so you could sell it at any time. Versus staked ETH, normally you would have to um, like hold it until Ethereum 2.0 comes out. So if you haven't staked your ETH, uh, Lidof will actually stake it in the background and give you a liquid staked version. Uh, bonded ETH makes way more sense to hold than actual uh, uh, like than actual ETH staked. Actually, if you think about it. Yes, but you know, transferring ETH is a huge pain. Uh, the dollar amounts it costs is too much. So what I was just thinking is just sell it off, uh, buy UST with it, go to TerraSwap and buy a bonded ETH directly through UST if that's possible. Yeah, me me personally, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like what I would, what I'm looking forward to is Atom. So bonded Atom is coming soon. Uh, like we've been saying coming soon though for months so we'll see it's supposed to be coming soon as a as an asset and the the yield right now is like almost 15% on my atom uh the ability to have bonded atom and basically make that 15% in UST if i want to use it uh for various applications on terra is super powerful uh i think that's going to be a much in my mind better option than even go using any kind of ethereum primitive uh so yeah, Adam and for the higher uh, yield and Luna for the deflationary aspects are both very interesting to me comparatively to Ethereum. Great. Are you just Thank are you just wanting to stay diversified? Cheating? I'm just curious. Like you just want to hold on to ETH just to have some ETH exposure. Uh, actually, I uh, you know uh, I am all for uh, Terra Luna now, but I already have ETH from like you know previous. So I want to make use of make use of it and not just sell off. But yeah, I just yeah. I'm check out check out Lido Finance L I D O. That's that's the best way to get ETH to uh, Terra. Um, if you're interested in just selling it, you can just sell it to UST and just you know obviously send UST. But it, you know, and then there's of course uh, Thorchain allows you to like bring, you know, you can convert Ethereum to. Um, uh, You'll be able to convert convert Ethereum directly to UST there as well, and the fees should be fairly nominal. I mean, or the other way you could do is if you want to keep it, you could borrow against it through like Celsius or you know different protocols like that, and then take the borrow and then go to UST and earn off of it and arb the rate. Like you have options, right? You just got to think yeah. about what makes the most sense to you. So it's like, do you want to keep the ETH for long term? Do you not? Do you want to create a taxable event? Do you not? I mean, you kind of have to go through those scenarios in your head and then decide what's the, the best route for you. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all the option, guys. I appreciate it.
Appreciate you coming up, Jason. Uh, so let's go to Donnie and EJ. Hey, thanks. Uh, what was it? Uh, what, let's see here. I'm actually holding holding my Luna on on Voyager platform. Um, let's see. I'm gonna start start the process as far as getting getting into Luna with Anchor. And I just had a question: if if any of y'all were experienced with with uh, how easy it is to access your tax your tax information for for the income earned uh for holding holding your holding your loot on on anchor i i just finished uh taxes for my dad's stuff which is on a mixture of like voyager and coinbase uh using uh what is that company called uh that voyager has for free um dang it i forget anyway it was pretty easy like it was just like connecting both the systems and all the tax stuff gets done when you come onto a outside wallet like for example a terra station wallet or a or a kepler wallet or something yeah, like that crypto trader.tax yeah crypto crypto trader.tax that's exactly right um that works pretty well if you want to sort of like just settle all that you know and then and then move to more DeFi. you know one way to do it is just like um sort of like figure out what you're going to do separate from that and leave that alone because that way you don't have to like commingle everything. But typically if you're talking about wallets uh, with lots of different transactions on them, the various uh, transactions and what's happening on them have to be defined in terms of the type of taxable events and such uh, per wallet, per protocol. So it's a pretty onerous process and uh I th- there's a f- only a few companies that are really doing that. I think Coinly is one of them. Uh, K O I N L Y. I would probably look at them first. I, I, well, I think um, Donnie, you don't have any uh, Luna off of your Voyager, right? Correct. You're not in the DeFi space, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. That's yeah. Correct. So I would so just use. Yeah, for you, you, it's easy, right? You're going to get the XL or the C- CSV from um, or the crypto trader.tax, go there and they'll do everything for you. I think for some of us that have the DeFi wallet, um, Sefi Coinly still doesn't have Terra, I don't believe. I just looked yesterday because I'm waiting. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to do my Terra taxes still. I haven't figured that one out. <clears throat> um, yeah, we'll probably just, just go to jail, probably. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. just going to get arrested. That's fine. Yeah. No, we can't have that, man. Um, yeah, no, no, not yet. Uh, was it? But they allow Twitter spaces from jail, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, as long as we go to jail after Luna Moons, you pro- you guys will probably be like, whatever. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, y'all just stay out of jail, man. We all need that. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, for now, for now, everything's everything's just on just on Voyager platform. But I am gonna go into go into DeFi here very soon. So it's just more like for the future. But I was just curious as far as like uh, what 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 you do. And, and Steffi, can you can you re- repeat that right quick? Uh, was I got my notes out that way? I don't have to uh, ask again later in the future for next year. The website. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yeah. As far as like what, what, what you use for, for like your wallets and what have you. K-O-I-N-L-Y. Just type that in and you'll get there. Oh, hey, Donnie. I, I just want to encourage you, man. Uh, definitely stick with it. Uh, Voyager is a great platform. They got a lot of great perks over there. Um, but once you get into uh, DeFi a little bit, it's it's really fun. And uh, there's, there's lots of options too. So um yeah, man, just keep going on. Thanks for thanks for coming up. Rock on. Hey, thank you. I appreciate y'all. 
it was a thank you thank you uh everybody as far as like in the communities bringing each other together man like it's what it's all about I, I i love it yeah go ahead and like like a lot of the speakers up here and we do the cosmos spaces um friday saturday on um 9 p.m eastern standard time and then we do a sunday's uh cosmos space in the afternoon around noon um eastern standard time if if i believe correctly yeah check on yeah and we we dive a lot more into the cosmos ecosystem we talk a lot about staking and airdropping and a lot of a lot of that stuff and uh, but there's so much stuff going on in terra too and there's i, I think terra is just really exciting it, it's just it's got a lot going for it right now. And that's kind of like why we're talking about it too. So do we have anyone else? And if, if there's anyone new that has really, really new questions, like please come up. This is what this is for. We, we love onboarding new people. And, you know, no question is a dumb question. And I, and I would say that each of the uh, various components of, of Cosmos has different value propositions they have they're going to they're going to be different dapps and uh utilities that you're going to want to use uh and there's going to be other things you don't want to use you don't you don't need to learn everything it's not necessary um uh, we will typically cover and talk about more the stuff that has the highest utility for most people and then sometimes we're talking about really like just weird dgen stuff where you know we're we're taking advantage of protocols in some deep way that you know not everyone's going to want to know that's just sort of like how this works <laughs> so you don't have to i think the if you're we're into really technical discussion of some specific protocol i, I think what people should take away is just get a feeling for like the vibe of what we're trying to do um you know try to sort of just follow uh, even on a superficial level, what we're talking about, and then you start re your imagination starts to run wild as you start seeing a few things like click here and there, and and then you can decide like, wait, is that something that like might benefit my life or my use or whatever? And you'll find that many things you don't care about, you don't want, you're you're not going to want to do a lot of stuff. That's fine. Hey, speaking of uh, DGen strategies, um, Sophie, I had uh, something that I was just trying out. Um, have you heard of the Edge protocol that just came online a little while ago? I think you did a spaces with them. Um, I, I'm, you know, I like it, everything else. When there's an, one of these new protocols that come up and it's in beta, I usually just go in there with like one or two Luna and play around and try things out, right? So that's that's how I would recommend anyone to get into things, right? Like get a feel for it with the little bit of money that you don't mind losing. Um, so I was just trying this on Edge protocol today, uh, where like I noticed that I have all this ANC rewards that are sitting in my wallet, uh, and I've noticed that the supply APY for Anchor on Edge protocol is like 12% right now. And uh, just for for those who don't know, uh, Edge protocol is like one of those. It's kind of like Anchor, but if there's like a whole bunch of different tokens like Anchor, Mirror. Uh, Luna X, AUST, B Luna, Luna, or UST. All of these things you can supply to get an APY, and then you can also borrow against it as well. And uh, I think it was it's all of those those same things that you can borrow against your collateral as well. 
So yeah, with, the- without getting without getting too much into the weeds on that, because like we don't want to get too detailed into one specific protocol here. But basically, yeah. uh, we talked a little bit about it, but again. Uh, None of us have a tremendous amount of experience with it. And on top of that, like some of these really fresh protocols that may maybe not even audited yet, yeah. uh, we tend not to bring them up in spaces like this necessarily unless we feel fairly comfortable ourselves with not losing yeah. money in them. <laughs> and uh, Well, uh, I know, had a so. basic question around, like I, I was going to try out something weird where, you know, you lock up Anchor, which is getting 12% supply APY, and then you can borrow, I was thinking of borrowing Luna X, but, um, and which is only borrowing APY there right now is like 0.6. So I was wondering if I borrow something that's uh, changes in value as well, not like UST, right? Uh, would would my LTV go, uh, go uh, I guess, up if the borrowed asset goes up in value? Like, that's no. the part... No, only the collateral matters when it comes to valuing your loan-to-value ratios, typically. So, like, let's say I bo- borrow some Anchor. Or oh, I, 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 see anchor, what, I'm, no, I'm I see what you're asking. Some Luna X. Yeah. Um, and, no, once you borrow, typically, uh, they, you, there's no way for them to sort of, like, recognize uh, the thing that you're using in terms of what you're borrowing. Uh, so you have your collateral and then what you get in exchange for that um, in terms of borrowing. There's no way to monitor the state of that because you could sell your Luna X or whatever it is you, you're talking about, right? So uh, typically it's the primary collateral that matters. But what what really is important is your ability to pay back that loan, right? So for example, let's say your loan to value ratio is a mess because your collateral value has gone down. If the thing you borrowed and bought also goes down, your ability to pay off your loan gets affected, right? That's the main thing. So okay. you have to watch, that's what you have to watch for uh, in terms of liquidation and such. But but if I provided like $100 of ANC, right? And I borrowed, uh, let's say $50 worth of Luna X. And if Luna goes up in 40% value tomorrow, is am I going to get liquidated, I guess, or 50%, right? If it like 2X. Well, if you borrowed off of ANC. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, at Edge Protocol at the moment, but I, that's the part that I'm not getting. Whether like if your <laughs> borrowed asset goes up in value, like one thing is, if, if you're not getting it, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm tempted to just put in like you know, ten dollar parts and see what happens, right? Like, yeah, that's perfectly fine. And, this, and hey, yeah. DeFi, this is what Hutch and Obi and I were talking about earlier, so. Maybe yeah. in the next space that we have, just come back and we can kind of get into the details of it. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm good. Hey, and then just FYI, guys, I went to stake.tax and they actually can give you a CSV to, to, to import into Coinly for both Osmos and um, Terra Luna. So I think I'm going to try that out tonight and see how it goes. Yeah, that That's the one I was I was wondering. I couldn't remember the link, but that's it, Luggy. Thank you so much for remembering that. That's a, that's a great one. Um, so, so let's go to EJ. EJ, I'm super patient. Appreciate you. You there? Bumblebee, Donna, Bolt, EJ, FarmD. Yeah, uh, Sefi, I was just wondering, what's your outlook for Bitcoin this year? And then also a specific question. I just heard of the Lunaverse uh, token, LUV, and I saw it's in the 
it's in the Terra wallet. You know, you can pick the token, but it wouldn't let me swap to it. Just wondering if you knew anything about that also. Yeah, by, by the way, don't go into uh, any kind of, uh, don't ever go into any kind of AMMs like, uh, like a Terra swap, which is essentially an unregulated space from the perspective of anyone can post any token. There's a lot of scam coins and fake ones there. So number one, uh, A, I don't really know that project particularly. And I don't know if that token is legit or anything. So be super careful about just buying stuff on there. Um, I would definitely go to the original uh, protocol if you want to learn more about it and see if they have a token available yet or whether like some scammers like throw some you know, fake coin or something in there. So it uh, with especially for places like Dex is like TerraSwap or Uniswap. You, they're wide open, and um, the existence of something there doesn't automatically like uh, prove its legitimacy. I don't know that project. Uh, I think it's some sort of like multiverse meeting type of you know thing, but I, I, I'm not hundred percent sure. There's several of those kinds of things coming to Terra, so I'm not sure about that particular one. Okay, thanks. And do you have what's your any best guess on your outlook for Bitcoin for the rest of the year? Um, I my sense on BTC is we're basically at uh, you know the multi-year logarithmic trend line at the moment, um, and sort of parked there, same as we were like it when BTC was at about three thousand. Um, logarithmic trend line like rises quite quickly you know, like 2000, I'm sorry, uh, 2026 puts that line somewhere like at $2 million BTC. So between now and then, you know, you'll see a lot of noise, but that trend line thus far has been largely adhered to, uh, with the only exception to that being, uh, the pandemic dump back in, uh, like, uh, what was it? 2020 March, I think, or something like that. Um, but, uh, uh, on the whole, I think uh, BTC is at a reasonable sort of like buy zone as far as I can tell. And uh, it, uh, in terms of where it is compared to like 200 day moving average and things like that, I think it's in a good dynamic DCA sort of range. Um, as far as uh, what world events are going to do to it, like I think if anything, this entire set of world events has have been just a massive advertisement for crypto. Um, the fact that BTC and Luna are store of value uh, tokenomics, I think both will do fine. I think the pair of Luna BTC um, in particular, uh, I, I, they're sort of conjoined now sort of because the Luna Foundation essentially is buying a crap ton of BTC too. So it's it's becoming more and more interesting. Uh, I, I think it should do fine. Uh, as far as like, like where price is likely to go, um, I would say that uh, the 350 day moving average multiples are a great barometer for where typically BTC price is likely to go. Unfortunately, that is a really wide range in terms of like destination price. So, you know, over the next year or so, it wouldn't surprise me at all to be in like the 90 to 120 K range. The range is going to be really wide and hard to pinpoint. You'll never pick the top exactly or the bottoms exactly. <laughs> this just doesn't work that way. But that's what I would say would be my, uh, if I was buying Bitcoin today, that would be my expectation for it over the next year ish. And then by 
2025, 2026 is when like, again, uh, a much, much larger sort of number can be uh, theoretically anticipated, assuming that the network continues to be used as it is today and expanding as it has been. Hey, thanks a lot for all the good info you guys put out. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Luna Lounge, part one of two, with CFI, IBC gang, talking about Luna. Recorded on Saturday, March 5th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of The Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Watching these debates like what a bunch of noise when the illusion of choice outmaneuvers your voices. No one really knows what the fuck is going on here. Sitting in the bunker, waiting for the all clear. It's like we're getting steered towards the motherfucking iceberg. Captain all drunk deciphering where the ice lurks. And we thought 2020 was gonna be a nice year. Living with the plague like, who brought the mice here? Try to think of it as another simulation. Game full of bugs, but it's still fun to play. It's like we're aliens, beta testing Earth. Digging in the dirt, trying to earn a little girth the beast is silent when it defeats the riders living outside trying to meet this virus if you want to watch it all burn from the sky rise delete the science and increase the righteous living like a jerk return to feed the worms vibing like a tree just breathing out the words be careful outside them police is violent feeling like i finally earned some peace and quiet piece of pie first trying to be the fat kid you least admire feast of fire when the beasts of burden are getting all bored but at least we're certain we found the imposter living among us fussing with hunches another big chungus bludgeon don't worry the fungus will clean up the guts and get us to function on fleeting assumptions i'll see through the rust from rush to rush hour stacked up like a bunch of junk so hush your muck before we stuff your luck and break your fucking neck to this like bust a bust Bleeding impulsive, the meeting controls it when breathing corrosive, no eating the bullshit, feeling the worth like it's gonna be a good year. Now we're all tired, stop treading on the work here. Nice